Artist. Now on the line, I am joined by none other than the lovely Esther. Her brand new album released this Friday, My Design on Others' Lives, is the drive time feature album at Radio 1 for this week. The Empress of Electric Blue Witch Hop joins us on the line today. Kia ora Esther, how are you? Kia ora, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And whereabouts are you calling from today? Um, I'm in Wellington, my hometown. Oh, awesome. And where have you been touring most recently? Um, most recently I was touring in Southern Africa, so I wow. had some shows in South Africa and Mozambique. Oh my goodness. And I mean, you hail from Africa, some of your family history, is that correct? Yeah, so um, my dad was born in Cameroon. Ah. Um, in Western Africa, so I have like about 40 cousins in Cameroon. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that would explain one of the tracks on your new album, which is written in French, written and performed in French. Yeah, totally. Um, yes, that's L'Oiseau dans la Toile, and um, yeah, that's performed and written in French, and um, French is one of the official languages in Cameroon. Um, they've got a lot of dialects there, but... Yeah, um, that's, that's one of the main languages there. What does that song talk about? Uh, so, L'Oiseau dans l'Etoile means the birdie and the stars, essentially. And um, I wrote it about the idea of a kind of archetypal figure of a bird looking down on our planet and... Um, I'm singing to the bird saying you've seen this planet for you know millennia and you've seen it in its best state mm. wherein you know like the environment is is um, healthy and um, how do we get back to that place <laughs> yeah oh wow. I remember um, seeing you perform at Caroline in Wellington last November um, and being quite surprised when you rocked out with the song in French I wasn't <laughs> expecting that I don't think some of the audience members were either it was incredibly impressive oh, thank you yeah it's, um, it's actually French is a really fun language to write in because um, something about the phonetics make it flow really uh, nicely so it's actually kind of easier to find words that rhyme with each other I find mm. than in English yeah oh well it was a very beautiful track um, and considering your background in anthropology a lot of these songs do seem like you look through an anthropologist lens when you write them does looking at the the socialization of people from different cultures and looking at how this affects information processing mold what you end up producing um, I think that that's definitely a point of interest for me and some of the songs uh, kind of broach that topic, you know, songs like Nomads, which is about forced mass movement and, you know, relating at the moment to the refugee crisis, mm. um, as well as songs that are like Gun Kid, which I wrote from the perspective of uh, um, a child soldier, because you know, you've got states like um, Israel where people where where people are cons- conscripted quite young, mm. um, and 
uh, obviously the the child soldier phenomena within parts of Africa. So that's just you know that's all stuff that um, kind of occupies my mind at, at times. And um, yeah, so I think that that anthropological lens that you that you um, mentioned has a big part in some of those songs. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and you you cover, as you said, topics such as young people being consumed by technology. I mean, prostitutes wanting to be the president of the USA, um, mm. gun violence, young people bearing arms. Are there any topics that you won't go near? <laughs> I yeah, there actually are. At the moment, I am not so keen on writing um, songs about um, my love life. Oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair um, enough. And it's not because I don't. It's not because I'm like, and it's not because I'm fearful of exposing that part of my life. But I'd actually just rather write songs about something else. Like I'm more interested creatively mm. about writing songs, like like about the topics that I do, which to me is just um, more exciting as a as a songwriter. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, there's nothing there's nothing to say that I won't one day start, you know, write a whole album about um you know, my latest breakup or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean like My Design Part One was released last year, which contained half the tracks we see in My Design and on Others Lives. Um, why do you feel the need to split the two albums up? Um, I like the idea of this working as a chapter book somewhat um, mm-hmm. because as as we've kind of just discussed the the, the songs are quite conceptual and content heavy you know you, <laughs> you're going from like um, one track which is about me being a whale or like seeing things from the perspective of a whale to um, a song about you know um, Vietnam and the soldiers fallen um, in war so I think that all those ideas um, are just given a little bit more space to breathe when now that it's been separated into to different parts. And I released a few singles off my design last year, um, and that just kind of introduced people to some of the concepts without being complete bombardment. Randomness. <laughs> and Randomness did, and weirdness. Yeah. Did you produce this? entire record by yourself I did yeah oh wow because I hear that your sampling process is quite interesting yeah um I do a lot of field recording so like that track Vietnam um that was the I I actually recorded the main sample for that in Vietnam which was was in this bamboo forest um, and they were making this incredible creaky noise in the wind. So when you listen to that track, you can hear that like creak of the bamboo trees. Um, and then, yeah, throughout every song on the album, there is there are samples that I've maybe field recorded or um, that have been kind of random. You wouldn't necessarily think they are what they are. Mm. Um, but that's part of my favourite process when making music. You know, there's no. There's no rules, there's no boundaries when it comes to um, putting things <laughs> into the mix if, if it works. And so, yeah, I um, I went about producing 
some of the sampling right there and then some of the other samples were live recorded instruments and I some of those instruments I play myself some of them are session musicians mm. um yeah so. you have a little family of instruments isn't that right I do. I have um, an MPC, which is what I did the majority of the production for this album on. It's a 16-pad sampler, which you can um, load manually load samples into. So I would record my samples and then put them into the MPC. Um, and then I, I also recorded different synthesizers. I have a microcorg, and I also have a bunch of other um, analog keyboards and um, guitar and bass. There's xylophone on the album, there's bass clarinet, there's violin, there's like a whole bunch of horn instruments. It's quite a good oh yeah. <laughs> You've got a whole range, my God. <laughs> um, but do you travel with a band now? Um, I have been travelling with a band for my New Zealand shows, which is really fun. Um, and I also do solo shows um, some of the time when I travel internationally. Ah, who's in your band at the moment? Um, so at the moment, there is a drummer slash percussionist slash guitarist called Kim Andrews, <laughs> and um, there's also a drummer slash percussionist called Olivia Campion, who's in my band, and we've got some shows coming up this week in Wellington and Auckland, unfortunately not Dunedin. Oh, I was going to ask. <laughs> Are you going to come down south at any point? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to be heading overseas for, for a while and then when I come back to New Zealand, I'll definitely try and make it down back to Dunedin because I love playing in, in Dunedin. It's Aww. always like one of my favourite places to play. We would love to have you back down here again. <laughs> you played at Morning Magpie last time, is that right? Yeah, it was so fun. It was such a cute little cafe, that one. Love it. Um, yeah. You gave a TED Talk about sexism in music a while ago called Girls in the Beat World. Um, Do you see any progression at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, um, I do for sure. I think, so my my stance is that um, it's all about role models, you know, like um, people aren't going to feel like they can do something unless they can see themselves projected um, in that certain space and I think that the more um, diversification we get of of people in certain roles the more empowered everyone's going to feel mm. um, and I think that we can see already that there's a lot of conversations surrounding um, you know different people in, in the music industry um, being Included, and um, we can also see examples of artists that are um, doing exactly that. They're they're just they're they're doing their thing, and they might be um, of a certain variety. And it's yeah, it's just I think it's just painting an example to follow. Um, And I don't think I. I think that it has definitely progressed and I don't think that it's necessarily about um, taking power away from anyone as opposed to just trying to make sure that more power is given to other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
And are there any artists that you've seen working in this space that you're looking to collaborate with in the near future? Yeah, I, um, I'm really interested in collaborating and producing for other people uh, at the moment now that I've, I've released my own album. And I was, at, as I said, in South Africa in February and I came across this really amazing LGBT artist called Umlilo, mm. who I'm really interested in working with. Um, I, um, I just, if someone, if someone excites me, if what they're doing is exciting and, and what they're putting forth in terms of um, their energy and, and charisma, it's exciting to me, then I'm always keen to work to work with people actually yeah so but you're going to be away for a while so <laughs> is that yes are we going to be seeing that soon or after you come back um well i'm going to be releasing some um some collaborations uh quite in the near future so yeah definitely before i come oh, cool. back to new zealand yeah, yeah. Um, be cool. And I have to ask you, just as we're getting to the end of our time, I'm about to play for everyone listening your single Rent, which was released in February this year, um, mm. surrounding the topic of you know paying rent each week as a symbolic achievement. And as a student mm. in Dunedin myself, it's quite the relatable track when it was released. Um, where did the concepts for that single come about? Um, it came from... I think I was struggling to pay my rent the week that I wrote the song. Like it was just coming to a point where I hadn't had um, like any money coming in for a while, or I might have had to afford pay a few things like travel costs. I can't quite remember, but I just remember like it being a bit of a a bit of a palaver trying to <laughs> make sure that I could pay that rent and then when I did I was like gosh that was like that was actually a massive achievement because um, it wasn't easy and Wellington is getting so expensive um, for creatives you know like it's, it's pretty much a situation where you have to have some kind of hook up really yeah. um, to be able to afford you know the, the, the rent here because on average it's about $200 a room Oh my god! Like on the cheaper side, so um, yeah, I think I just that that was what spurred it on. But also just a lot of the narrative surrounding home ownership and house and housing in New Zealand at the moment. You know, like there was that article published about how millennials are never gonna be able to afford <laughs> yeah buying a house because we eat too much avocado on toast <laughs> like on Saturday mornings or whatever. And it's just so prevalent in the media um, at the moment. You know, like. And it feels like almost that it's um, uh, it's kind of driving it's kind of driving it to some degree. Mm. And, um, so I just kind of wanted to write a song that was like, you know, if you pay your rent every week, that's amazing. And if you if you never end up being a homeowner, like it's not the only way to live your life. It's just um, kind of a societal, you know. Um, it's something that society sees as success in a way that doesn't necessarily ring true for everyone. So that's what I was probably thinking at the time. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, we're going to play that track for everyone listening now. Thank you so much for joining me on Monday Breakfast today, Estia. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good luck for your shows this week in the North Island. Wish there were some in the South Island, but soon. I'll wait. I'll be patient. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. That was Estia. Uh, her brand new album is the Drive Time feature album of the week at Radio 1 this week. That is my design on others' lives. She has recently released the second half of that album. Last year, the first half, My Design Part 1, was released, but we now have the whole thing. That is going to be given away later in the week on Radio 1. So if you keep an eye out on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, uh, there will be some sort of draw that you can go into. I'm not sure if we have the vinyl. I know there is a beautiful new vinyl and it is bright, bright blue, that vinyl, um, because Astia is, of course, the Empress of Electric Blue Witch Hop. So that's gorgeous. I don't know if we have it, but we'll get back to you on that one. We'll definitely have physical copies of the CDs, if nothing else, and that will be given away later in the week, so keep an eye out for that. All right, you are tuned in to Monday Breakfast, and this is Rent by Astia. You're on the one. Success and unexpected. 